0: Welcome to podcast number 11 of Practical Wisdom from ACP Financial Advisors, a monthly program about creating and operating a successful financial planning practice. We're a presentation of the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners, known as ACP, a community of tax-focused financial advisors operating under a unique retainer-based fiduciary business model. I'm your host, Ken Robinson. On our show today, when financial planning is your next career. We all know professionals whose fiduciary journey began somewhere else in finance. Before becoming personal financial advisors, many of our colleagues started their careers selling securities or insurance. But some in the profession, myself included, started our working lives in entirely different fields. How does a career changer make the transition from Military service or architecture or nonprofit management, or any of a hundred other pursuits in entirely different industries, into financial planning. Our guest is William Carlson, CFP, founder of Fog City Advisors LLC, a fee only financial and tax planning firm with offices in Albany and Belmont, California. Bill started his professional life as an airport administrator but turned his attention to financial planning and has been advising clients since 1992. Bill, thanks for joining us today.
1: Hey Ken, happy to be here.
0: Now your interest in finance started much before your professional career. You told me that uh, it really began in third grade.
1: Third grade, I took birthday money and lawnmower money and invested in stocks we had a family friend that sold stocks and i thought it was interesting so i bought a few of his stocks that he recommended
0: how did that work out for you well i think i had a
1: really good experience in diversification and you know it's not always the best to pick the cheapest over-the-counter stocks that i could afford at the time
0: You didn't begin your professional life as a financial planner. What was your journey like?
1: I graduated with a degree in psychology with an emphasis in neuropsych, and I had a rent payment to make at the end of the month after I graduated. So I took a job at a hardware store to make enough money to pay the rent because I had worked in high school at a hardware store And I quickly realized that the trainer at the hardware store was missing his thumb. So so when he had me on the table saw, I quickly found out the reason why he was missing his thumb is there was no safety gear anywhere in this hardware store. So I quit that job. And my neighbor said that the airlines were hiring So I decided I would just go ahead and take a job with the airlines. My whole family was involved in real estate, so I was just going to go ahead and get my real estate broker's license. So the airline job allowed me the opportunity to take a couple of extra classes so I could sit for the real estate broker's exam, which I did. So I worked nights for the airlines and I went to school during the day. Then I got into real estate I got with a broker and I started realizing that hey this is really a sales job and I didn't really like it so I talked to an HR person at the airlines and he says hey you know there's a job up at SFO and it's you'd be in administration you learn station management you can do some of the HR stuff that we're doing you do the hiring you'd be you know overseeing the budgets. There is a maintenance crew that you'd be responsible for. And I went ahead and took the job up at uh, San Francisco.
0: What prompted your interest in moving into financial planning professionally?
1: So I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was a physician at SFO Airport. And he said, Bill, when are you going to figure out what you want to do? He said, "You don't want to be working for the airlines. They kind of chew you up and spit you out. And all these guys that are station managers, they have lots of physical problems. They got high blood pressure, and they've got this, and they got that. And so we went through a layoff, and they offered uh, a one-year salary. I decided to take the layoff, and they gave me a one-year." Severance package. And I thought this would be a really good opportunity to try to get into something else that I was more interested in. At the airport, I was doing a lot of HR stuff, and I had people that would come into my office and would, you know, with financial problems or, you know, questions about different aspects of financial matters and I really enjoyed working with those folks, and I also had this interest in finance, so I thought I would look into financial planning. It was pretty early, in the early 80s, that I got started.
0: After you took the layoff from your prior career, what were your next steps to establish yourself as a financial professional?
1: So I got on with a division of integrated resources which is no longer in existence they had a firm that was selling uh, t- tax sheltered annuities to teachers and nonprofit organizations and i was pretty successful it was definitely a sales job so they had different clubs and different levels if you produced you know so much You were at 100%, you know, what your quota is. And then if you did, you know, much more than that, then you were in a more elite level. And after a few years, I got to be pretty good at it. So they asked me if I wanted to be a manager, which I did in Sacramento. And I had 13 registered reps that were under me. And it was kind of like being a, a resident assistant in a dorm room uh, in. <laughs> <a assistant. laughs> Basically, everybody uh, has a lot of problems, and they really didn't have that much ambition to do the job and you know produce, and that's what my job was to make sure that they were producing. I was a total failure as a district manager. So I had a conversation with my regional director, and she said, okay, look, we're going to move you back to the Bay Area. We've got a, a gig selling uh, tax sheltered annuities in a hospital.
0: So I took it. And how long were you in that setting?
1: So I was uh, in, in a hospital in San Francisco for a couple of years, and it was pretty easy because I was, we were selling 403Bs, So everybody wants to save money on their taxes. And then the hospital would match a certain percentage of whatever they put into that. And I was pretty successful. But the conflict was always, I'm told to sell a certain product. And I didn't always feel that that was necessarily the best product for that particular person.
0: When did you first learn there was another way to go about this that there was a way to help the individual toward whatever you did feel was in their best interest
1: so this was at about the time when schwab was coming out with their fas system the financial advisor system where they offered a platform of a multitude of different products on their website and you could manage portfolios for individuals and charge a fee and not a commission. Well, I thought this was gonna be a better model for me because I I had this conflict of interest that I just didn't like selling product that wasn't necessarily the best product for the client. You know, I had the Series 7, the 24, the Life and Disability, you know, all of those various licenses. I decided that I would, would kind of make an intermediate step, and I went with associated planners out of Los Angeles where it was more of a planning firm. They allowed you to do this FAS system that Schwab was coming out with and charge you a fee for the number of clients that you had. So you could either do commission or you could do fee only.
0: So you really have had several steps on the road from leaving the world of aviation and coming eventually to the practice that you founded, what was it that led you to say, I want to open my own firm?
1: When you're selling product on the one hand and on the other hand, you're doing fee only, it's like it's like being bipolar. I mean, you just... <laughs> you know, what do I do in this situation? It's a compliance nightmare. I just didn't really want to sell product anymore. And what I really wanted to do was to focus on being a fiduciary and doing what's in the best interest of the client.
0: It almost sounds like you were having an identity crisis. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. To me, it seems very odd to think of being a fiduciary on a part-time basis. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So in hindsight, I didn't know about ACP at the time. It was, I think at the time it was known as Cambridge, but it would have been, you know, a really good step to try to find out about. But I did the assets under management, which is, you know, you're an asset gatherer, but it's a much better platform than just selling product. That I just decided I did not want to do.
0: So once you started practicing Uh, under an assets under management model, would anything have ever made you go back to sales?
1: No, I absolutely did not want to sell product. I did not want to have that conflict of interest. I did not want to have the licenses that I had to, you know, the seven and the 24. I didn't want to be associated with being a broker.
0: And now you practice on uh, a retainer model? Exactly. And and I'm guessing would not go back to assets under management. Exactly. Uh, Years ago, I want to say it was in the year 2001, I heard Bob Veris of Insight Information fame speaking. And as I recall, he said that when people go from commissions to fees, if you tell them you have to go back, they say, I won't go back. And he claims that if you put a gun to their head and said, no, you have to go back, that they would say, pull the trigger and that they have the same reaction if they've gone from AUM to a retainer model, which I think is very interesting. I feel like maybe I lucked out by discovering the retainer model as early in my career as I did. So when was it that uh, you made the transition from an AUM model to a retainer model? So it was
1: relatively recent, uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. was when I decided I wanted to merge with a, a CPA. Actually he was a client of mine. He married my client. Ah. And then I I met him at a DFA conference. Mm-hmm. And and he said he wasn't that happy doing tax only and that he wanted to try to get into financial planning. And I said, you know, I met these folks at NAFA conference was Lois Basil was there I remember her Mm -hmm. and I said you know this is this tax focused group that does fiduciary planning and you know on a retainer model and I said you know we really need to talk to these folks because I'm sick of AUM I just I hate this quarterly thing you know what have you done for me lately the last quarter what was the returns I don't want that to be the focus of my relationship with my clients So Mark, uh, my partner, uh, made contact with ACP and we were quickly invited to our first conference and we just fell in love with the group and we immediately joined. And we just really think it's a great way to do business.
0: I remember at my first ACP conference thinking it was like going to a family reunion with people I'd never met. It was obvious that there were important values we had in common. So making the transition into personal finance or making the transition from the AUM model to your current business, was any of that easier than you thought it would be? What were the things that you were concerned about that maybe you didn't need to be as concerned about?
1: So if you'd asked me a few years ago if I was ever interested in tax, I would say, well, I'm interested in networking with a CPA you know to do the tax and I thought with my new partnership with Mark that since he was a CPA and he had the tax background that he's going to do the tax and I have more experience in the investment side. Well quickly did I learn that after our first tax season that I kind of like doing
0: tax. It's a great surprise isn't it When, when you discover that you enjoy parts of it
1: yeah. and it's a whole new dimension in planning with the clients. It really gives you a different view. The tax is really the important part. I mean, it's it's really integral in everything we do in the investments. everything is is interrelated to tax. So I studied for the EA and passed it uh, quickly. I just took the took a semester class and just passed it in four and a half months.
0: Outstanding. Well done. And the important thing about taxes, it's not so much the return preparation, is it? It's the planning, as you say, the way tax is integrated with so much of what we're advising our clients about.
1: Exactly. We integrate a couple of different tax meetings with our clients every year. We always have a tax planning meeting. And the tax is just so integral as as part of the planning. I just... Uh, don't know how I did without it in the past
0: I was also very hesitant to take up the responsibility of tax advice when I was opening my practice and quickly learned that it was not as forbidding as it appeared to be and also I learned how much money I could save my clients and to them it's like a superpower that you can do this it's not that hard our clients could learn to do this themselves but i don't blame them for being interested in other things the ability to save them tax money it's one of the only places you don't have to give up anything to have more money in your pocket you just need good guidance what was the hardest part of creating the practice that you have now a practice that it sounds like you're very happy with
1: we're very pleased with where we're at and the progress that we've made. So I, th- I think the biggest thing for us was changing business models. Uh, Mark had a small AUM practice and a tax practice. And my previous practice before going to retainer model was assets under management. And how would those clients you know, react to our new business model? So we just started, you know, meeting with them and telling them uh, and showing them, you know, what the difference is. And we had a tremendous conversion rate, not so much success with just tax only clients. If they were just tax only, that conversion rate wasn't quite as good as if they were already had a relationship from a financial planning standpoint in the AUM model. We had a, very very high conversion rate to retainer well some clients you know it wasn't appropriate so we still keep them as assets under
0: management what kind of conversion rates did you get it sounds very positive
1: so our conversion rate was right around 62 percent is what we had so i thought that was was pretty good when we went through you know the contract and if they wanted to stay and whether we were going to do the tax or not a lot of folks said oh well i'm happy with you know my current tax provider and then quite a few of those people actually called me maybe not necessarily that one tax season the first tax season but maybe the next one or during the succession of meetings that we had and said oh well you can do this for me too and integrate the investments and the tax and in many cases, it was about the same fee, uh, whether we did the tax or not. So we had, a, we had a really good conversion rate.
0: Bill, what makes your practice different from those of other planners?
1: So we feel that what we're providing is holistic financial planning. So we're looking at areas that we didn't, do doing a deeper dive in areas that we previously didn't do, like for example, insurance planning that's a really powerful meeting and i you know i never thought that i would be able to analyze you know people's insurance policies and come up with uh, some really powerful suggestions for them and how to make changes i mean there's just a number of clients that we had there was no coordination they didn't have an umbrella policy maybe they weren't making the right decisions on some of their you know, the options that are available through work, maybe setting aside money into the cafeteria plan or, you know, just some of that tax-focused aspects of planning for some of their insurance. Then again, one of the most powerful meetings is the tax planning meeting that we do after we do the tax return. That's extremely powerful. So we feel that we're doing a very in-depth financial planning, much more so than what we were doing prior to joining ACP.
0: Well, Bill, thanks so much for being with us today.
1: Yeah, happy to be with you.
0: You've been listening to William Carlson, CFP, founder of Fog City Advisors, LLC, a fee-only financial and tax planning firm with offices in Albany and Belmont, California. There's a link to Bill's website in our show notes. This is podcast number 11 of Practical Wisdom from ACP Financial Advisors from the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners. ACP is a community of tax-focused financial advisors operating under a unique fee-only retainer model. For more than 20 years, ACP has trained advisors in the practices and tools of a comprehensive process rooted in the uncompromising values of fiduciary fee-only planning. Our members are pioneers and innovators who together have perfected a unique retainer-based, tax-focused, comprehensive approach, providing a distinct alternative in the financial planning marketplace. ACP offers a lower-cost associate membership for those who want to learn and apply ACP's methodology prior to becoming certified members. For more information, call 910-769-1569 or visit acplanners.org.